Good morning. I don't know about you, but uh, getting here this morning has been a journey. Not literally getting here this morning, although that was a journey. I uh, flew out bright and early Friday morning and had to go through Charlotte and transfer planes and all that. But getting here to this moment in my life has been a journey. I started going to church when I was three, four years old. My mom um, had kind of found God in the midst of her life and in her struggles, and she drug us along as kids. And we went to the church that was down the road because we could walk there because, you know, circumstances in life had kind of landed us here in Florida. Not here in Florida. I'm in Alabama. Got to remember that. <laughs> Feel like the, uh, the touring musician who says the wrong city. No, but, but had landed us in Florida as a single mom with two kids and she just knew she needed something. And so we walked up the street to this church until she'd saved enough money to buy a car. And uh, we went there for, for several years. And, and just through this process, we began to learn what it was to have faith. And so today we're continuing this, uh, this series that John started last week called The Party. And we're celebrating faith. And, and so we had learned what it was to have faith. And faith was belief. We believed in God. We believed in Jesus. We believed that these things were true. And as I continued to grow to go to church and I continued to grow up a little bit and I continued to watch the people around me, I started to suspect that belief, that faith was the actions that we did. Not not the action actions, but the, you know, getting up on Sunday morning and going to church and the dropping the offering in the plate and the taking communion each week. That had become, for so many people, faith. One Sunday when I was little, in, in Florida we have these things called hurricanes that come through pretty regularly. And, um, you know, thankfully not regularly recently, but, but uh, we had a hurricane come through, and Sunday morning at church there might have been like six of us there. And so in that, in that action, sorry, not action, but, you know, ritual kind of oriented thought on faith, these were the faithful, right? These were the ones that got up and sang songs and put in their offering and took communion even though the hurricane had stopped us because we, we jumped through the right hoops and we performed the right actions. Luke chapter 22, or sorry, 21, where we're going to pick up today, Verses 1 through 4, it says, As he looked up, Jesus saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. I tell you the truth, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. In the context of faith, the Jews had lived for thousands of years, jumping through their hoops, living out their rituals, you know, washing their hands. I, I love what you shared this morning. It, it so much was where my heart was at as we went through this. We, we pushed our little Christian button, in their case, their Jewish button, and we, we went to the temple and we put in our offerings. And at the right times of year, they gathered together and they sacrificed animals. And at the right times of the year, they held feasts and they did all of the things that God had asked them to do. And they said that was faith. 
and they said, we are the faithful. We are the remnant. We are the ones that despite all the struggles in the history of, of um, the Jewish people, we are still here and we're still living out those things. And in the midst of all of that, they had lost sight of the power of God in their lives. I want to look at um, a lengthier passage this morning in uh, 2 Kings. If, you, if you've got your Bibles, you definitely want to grab it and uh, turn to 2 Kings chapter 6. Um, if you don't have your Bible, I think there's some in the chairs in front of you, but we're going to read for a while, so you might want to might follow along. Starting in verse 24, it says, Sometime later, Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, mobilized his entire army and marched up and laid siege to Samaria. There was a great famine in the city. The siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for 80 shekels of silver and a quarter of a cab of seed pods for five shekels. As the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, the woman, a woman cried to him, Help me, my lord, the king. The king replied, If the Lord does not help you, where can I get help for you? From the threshing floor, from the wine press. Then he asked her, What's the matter? She answered, This woman said to me, Give up your son so we may eat him today, and tomorrow we'll eat my son. So we cooked my son and ate him. The next day I said to her, Give up your son so that we may eat him, but she had hidden him. Like, I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I've been broke in my life. I don't think I've ever been this broke. Um, at, at one point, not that long ago, my wife and I would go grocery shopping. We've got three little girls, and um, one of them was in diapers at the time. And we would go grocery shopping for two weeks, and including diapers. And if any of you have bought diapers recently, they're kind of ridiculously stupid expensive. But we would go grocery shopping for two weeks for, you know, 75, 100 bucks. And, you know, and we had macaroni and cheese and we had ramen noodles and we had, you know, all those things that, that I gave up eating when we got out of college. But, you know, God had put me back there. And, you know, at no point did a donkey's head sound appealing, um, let alone paying good money for a donkey's head. Um, God had taken these people and through this foreign king, he had dropped them into a miserable circumstance. He had dropped them into a place where they had no choice but to rely on him. And they came up with their own plan. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in that point where you know that there is nothing you can do, and yet, well, let me just try this one more thing. Let me just, you know, call this one more person. Let me just, you know, trim my budget a little bit. Let me just figure out how I can solve it. The Israelites had fought, you know, if you go back through the history of, of their, their people and their, their lives, they had fought countless battles. They had won against bigger armies. One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is the story of Gideon. Now, here's a man with faith, right? He goes out with a few thousand men against a huge army, and God whittles them down to a few less. And then he whittles them down to a few less. And he's left with 300 men against this massive army. This is the history of these people. This is the God that they worship, the God that they have faith in, is a God who can conquer a foreign army with 300 people and they're holed up in their city and eating donkey head in order to survive and cooking babies in order to survive. I want to jump down to Chapter 7, verse 3. 
It says, now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, why stay here until we die? If we say we'll go into the city, the famine is there and we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. At dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, not a man was there, for the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army. So they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys. They left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp and entered one of the tents. They ate and drank and carried away silver and gold and clothes and went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and hid them also. Then they said to each other, we're not doing right. This is a day of good news and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. In 2008, our country kind of uh, hit a roadblock. And I don't know about you guys here in Huntsville. Um, I don't know what kind of impact it had on your, your city. The church that I work for is based out of Detroit. And, um, and being in Orlando, 100% of our livelihood, 100% of our economy is based on tourism. And so when the world stops working and the world shuts down, um, everything we were doing kind of stopped. In the midst of that, I had baby number three, and, um, you know, I was working a job where about an hour and a half of overlap is what was costing me 200 weeks, $200 a week in daycare. I was at that point where I'm standing outside the city gate going, okay, if I stay here, I'm going to die. If I go forward, I'm going to die. So um, we got to come up with a better plan. And in the, midst of, in the midst of all that, and literally four years, four years, five years, it, it feels like a, a blur. It feels like yesterday and it feels like forever. Like, you know, if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. Um, in the midst of all of that, I was standing and I was talking with a guy. And it was, it was a moment of clarity for the first time for me. Faith was not the things I had heard on TV. Faith was not showing up at church on Sunday and jumping through the right hoops and giving my offering and doing all these things. Faith was knowing that no matter the circumstances, God is the same level of faithful. Like it, it, it was so easy to go to Bible college and know that somehow God was going to take care of us. And it was easy as our first child was coming and, you know, okay, we're not making quite as much as we'd like, but, you know, we're kind of paying the bills and we're working our way through everything except those student loans. They, they hang on forever. But, you know, it was, it was easy to do those things. And, and I don't mean easy like, you know, oh, that was, that was easy, you know. But it, but it wasn't hard. It wasn't it wasn't hard. It wasn't a stretch in my mind to go, I think God might be able to do this. Like, no, of course God's going to take care of me. You know, I mean, it's, it's difficult, but he's going to take care of me. Maybe we have to sacrifice a little bit 
but he'll take care of me. And when I was in the midst of what if we lose our house, and when I was in the midst of how are we going to buy groceries for our kids this week, and when I was in the midst of those things, it, it wasn't as easy anymore. But like I said, the light bulb went off. This is faith. It's not trusting God in the easy moments. It's trusting God in the hard moments. And it, and it wasn't, like I, I don't know if you've met those people who, you know, they're almost, they're almost dismissive of the trial, oh, you just have to have faith. You just have to pray more. Or the televangelist on TV, this is the one I love, you just have to give me more money and then God will jump into your life and show you. You know, the lady in our story at the beginning, she was dropping in two copper coins, all that she had, two small coins. And I gotta be honest, most of the time I feel like I'm the other guy. You know, you know, not only the guy who's, you know, jumping through the ritual and dropping the check-in, but, you know, ideally doing it in such a way that you saw me do it. That way you know I'm a good religious person, right? Um, but dropping in all that you have and continuing to walk daily and continuing to see. These, these four lepers, they literally had no hope. If we stay here at the city gate, we'll die. If we go into the city, we'll die. So let's, let's just give up. Let's just surrender ourselves. And in their minds, they're surrendering themselves to their circumstances, but in reality, they were surrendering themselves to the will of God. What is God going to do with this situation? What is God going to do through us in this situation. And so they walk out to the Aramean camp, and as we just read, they found the place deserted, and they found an opportunity um, for salvation. In the midst of our trials, in the midst of our struggles, we have the opportunity to sit and do nothing, or we have the opportunity to surrender to what God has for us. As we continue to read, they, uh, which I'm going to kind of skip over a little bit of this, but uh, if you were to continue reading as we go along, they, um, they go back to the city and, hey, look, they've left. And, you know, they go through the whole thing. And, and they bring joy and they bring hope to the city through the circumstances that God has, has unfolded in front of their lives. As I've walked through my journey of faith, I've gone from seeing faith as a belief in the truth of God. For some of you, you've, you've been Christians far longer than I have. You've grown up going to church. You've, you've been in those same situations. You've, you've been to church on Sunday. You've heard messages. You've dropped offerings. You've taken communion. For some of you, maybe you don't, don't quite know 
who Jesus is yet. You don't quite know what this faith thing is yet. You're still struggling with that first step of, man, I'm not even sure if I can believe that this God might love me, that this God might have hope for me, that this God might have power for my life. As I've gone through my life, I went from that just simple belief to those rituals of, of if I just do the right things. And, and I remember points of, of literally thinking, if I just give more, God will bless me. If I just go to church more often. Um, the church I go to right now, we meet on Sunday mornings, and that's pretty much it, which makes my schedule pretty easy. But I remember other churches I've been to, and, and maybe, maybe that's where you're at, you know, well, there's that Bible study on Thursday that I'm not going to yet, or that Bible study on Saturday that I'm not going to yet. If I just jump into one of those, you know, I can live out this faith, and God will bless me. I think the big thing in my life and maybe in yours, as you, as you look at the faith you have or the faith that you hope for, the big thing in my life is when I think about faith, I think about results. And um, over in Hebrews chapter 11, they, they list through a whole bunch of people who had faith. And, I, and the thing that I want to highlight real quick in verse 13, it says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. For some of you and for me, um, four and a half years later, five years later, we're still dealing with our house. I can see God moving, but I don't see results. I don't know where he's going to land that. For some of you, you've been going to church for a long time. Maybe you've been going to this church for a long time. And you see the promises of God. And you see the church down the road that, you know, God is blessing with numbers. You know, or maybe you see the family that lives next door that gets the raise. And for us, we get stuck in that faith equals results mentality and we lose hope. If you read through Hebrews 11, you'll see a lot of names. People like Moses and Abraham and David and Gideon. Men that if you read through the Old Testament, you realize these were, these were great men of God. Who am I, right? Who am I, this lowly, this lowly guy? And you see the results of their lives. I, I get frustrated sometimes by, by the perceived lack of results in my life. And there are moments where, you know, you, you just want to take a step back and go, God, you've got the power to do this. 
I can see you doing it in that guy's life. I can see you doing it in that guy's church. You know, that other church down the road, they went to the same conference we did, and their numbers got bigger and ours didn't. You know, I know for a fact that I give more than so-and-so, and he got the raise, and I didn't. As I read through Scripture and as I look at when God is showing power in my life, the thing I realize is it is the, it is the continual setting my heart on Him and walking towards His kingdom that has brought power and strength. I started... Um, leading a week of camp, gosh, maybe 10 years ago. Do you remember about that? My buddy Jason's the, the director of summer programming at our camp, and he called me up because he was desperate, which was the only reason he called me. But um, <laughs> he, he had to fill this little week of camp with a program director, and, you know, you, I used to go to that camp. I'd, I'd worked in different capacities, and, you know, so maybe he could guilt me into coming and leading a week of camp. And and besides, it's only, it's only like 30 kids. It's only like 40 kids. And, uh, and it was. It was like 28 kids showed up. And, um, you know, keep in mind, this is, this is Lake Aurora Christian Camp. Um, if you're familiar with Lake Aurora, um, we run something like 2,400 campers a summer. And, and I got the week that had 24 campers at it in a facility that sleeps about 160. So, you know, there's a little, little piece of me that felt like a failure. Um, and then, you know, 24 kids showed up, and my buddy Rich came and spoke for part of it, and I spoke for part of it. And we had five kids come forward at the end of the week and get baptized. And it's like, man, that's, that's pretty good. That's like 20%, 25%. I don't know, it's too early in the morning to do math. But, um, you know, that's, that's pretty good, like, you know. And then the next year, Jason had me do 7th, 8th, and ninth grade camp. Like, I'd been promoted. I was doing a real week of camp. We had 140 campers show up. And um, I don't remember who spoke that year. It might have been Jeff. But, uh, but we got to the end of the week, and uh, like five kids got baptized. Oh, okay, not, not quite the percentage that we had the year before. But it was good. And, you know, next year we had like 160 kids and five kids got baptized. And the next year we had 70 kids and five kids got baptized. And I think the next year I spoke, and it wasn't until like Thursday or Friday that anybody made a decision. And so I was really doubting that, um, and the thing that I realized in all of that is that God works through our actions, and he works through our living out and walking through life, that, that faith, that belief, that, that word that we find in Scripture that we struggle defining, he works through it when we live it out in the world around us. We come to church on Sunday morning and we learn things about God. You know, we go to Bible study and we learn things about God. 
And God works through those moments when we take those learning things about God and we live them out in our world. The, the more I thought back on that camp experience, and, and it, you know, it, it's been years of struggling through because there's, you know, there's that human ego part of you that wants to go look at what I did or look at how I failed. And the more I worked through that, the more that I thought through that, the more I realized that it wasn't my power and strength that got those kids there. And it wasn't my power and strength that led those handful to make decisions to commit their lives to Christ and live their own faith out. It was God's power and strength through my weakness and my willingness to act and my willingness to use my small gift and my small opportunity to share his love and his power and his glory with others. I, I don't know what you do day in, day out, week in, week out. Maybe you're working in an office somewhere. Um, maybe you're teaching kids in a school. Maybe you're a you know, stay-at-home mom or a, maybe you're retired. But I would, I would be willing to bet that God is putting in front of you opportunities to act, opportunities to take your small gifts or maybe your large gifts and to live them out in ways that bring him honor and glory. And if you're like me, you might want to see the results. You know, you, you want to see what's going on. That was the other negative thing I learned about camp. These kids come into my life for a week, and they are gone. And a year later, five years later, ten years later, what is God doing with those kids? What is God doing with their faith? As I read through Scripture, you know, there's, there's stories that are, you know, the big ones. You know, obviously God used that person. And there are stories of those forgotten few that, if you don't dig into the story, what happened to those four lepers after the story we read today? What did they do with that moment of God saving them and saving a nation that changed the course of Israel's history? This afternoon, um, and John mentioned it earlier, but this afternoon we get an opportunity to go down to the, uh, the rescue mission. And for some of you, it might just be today. And for some of you, you might find a place to, to live out your faith regularly. Um, for some of you, you'll, today may be an opportunity to see God move. And for some of you, your small actions may never be seen by the people around us. But if there's one thing that I've learned in my life and 
in the lives of the faithful men who've come before us that through our actions, through our willingness to submit to his will, through our willingness to take just one small step into our world, God can do great and mighty things. I'm going to pray, and uh, the band's going to come forward, but, but as we sing this next song, I, I really take a moment, take a, just take a moment to ask, what is it that God is calling me to do? Because of one thing I'm definitely certain of is God is not calling us to wait for him. Let me pray, and then we'll sing. Father God, man, I thank you so much for your son. I thank you so much for the faith that you've given me, that you've given so many before me. God, I pray that, um, that in my life, um, your faith is not just a belief, but God, that that faith is lived out in the world around me. God, I just pray now that as we, um, as we prepare for this afternoon, as we prepare for tomorrow morning at work or at school, God, I just pray that you, uh, you, you open our eyes and our hearts to opportunities to live that faith out. God, I pray that you give us courage and give us strength. And God, I pray that you just um, just prompt us not to, not to wait for you, but to, to know that you are already there, that you are already active, that you are already doing great and mighty things, and that, God, we have the opportunity to partner with you in your world. We just ask all these things in your son's name. Amen.